0: My purpose in life is to leave my dent in the universe in absolutely everything I do, as well as to inspire and help others do the same. For someone to leave their dent in my life is a privilege. For me to leave my dent in someone else's life is an honor, but to inspire and help others leave their own dent in the universe is an indescribable feeling. I plan on doing this through this podcast By celebrating my guests and inspiring my listeners, all while leaving my own dent in the universe and helping others do the same. My name is Fer Andrade, and this is Denting. All right, and we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the next episode of Denting, a podcast talking about leaving your dent in the universe. Today, I have a very special guest. Uh, This guy was my first friend here in Cal. Um, He is my friend, my teammate. At times, he's been my mentor, which I really appreciate. And today, we have a great conversation coming up, uh, a bit similar to my experiences at times. So I'm excited about this one. My guest, Christian Gomez. Christian, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me here. Of course, thanks for coming, bro. Um, do you want to introduce yourself real quick, like age, your position, uh, major, things like that back home? Yeah, um, so I'm from Southern
1: California, uh, Anaheim. Uh, I'm a junior on the men's soccer team. I'm majoring in global studies with a focus in the Americas. Nice. Yeah.
0: Nice. Um, more than that, obviously, you're you're being humble, but Christian is also... Uh, mentor uh, to freshmen this year, maybe to sophomores next year, but in the UGBA 199X class. Um, he's the leader on the Athletes and Action Committee here in Berkeley. And more than that, something I really like to talk about, which we'll be talking about today, is your artistic side to things, both with art, drawings, and a guitar. Yeah. Um, so first off, I just want to talk about how I met you and everything that happened between the time I didn't know you and like... The time I met you, you know, so context of the story, basically, I met Christian my very first day here. Um, We have a thing called captain's training where we train in the summer. I flew up to Berkeley from San Diego and Christian uh, hosted me because the dorms weren't open yet. So I meet you and I just saw you like as a veteran already, even though you were a sophomore. I really didn't follow Cal's soccer too much like before. I came to Cal. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know about injuries mm-hmm. and specifics like that. Um, so tell me a bit about that and like what you were going through fresh, I mean, sophomore year and your freshman year, especially. Yeah.
1: Well, I think uh, you coming into that space and thinking, I was a is kind of funny because oh, wait, I can only hear in this, in this headphone now. You got it now? Uh, Yeah. It's in both. Okay. Now it's in my right. Only. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. When you push it in, I can hear both. But then when you like, is it good now? Yeah. It's, it's working now. All right. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Yeah, so you coming into that space and thinking I was a veteran is kind of funny because it really felt like I didn't know what was still happening even as a sophomore. Um, but I think I was a little lucky because I moved in with a fifth-year senior who's seen it all, and I would always ask him questions. You know, like he was a guy I would go to at the time um, for anything. His name is Noah. Noah Texter. He's, uh, he's a goalie. He graduated... Uh, about a year and a half ago, a year ago, something around that time. Um, so he was someone I leaned on, and he kind of just put all the knowledge onto me, and I kind of just, you know, shared it with you and uh, Armand as well. Um, but yeah, before you guys came in, I really was just like, I don't think I need to do anything different than I did my freshman year. I'm just going to be myself, um, share the information I have, but at the same time, just make you guys feel as welcome as possible because. I know coming into Cal, especially the first weekend, it's not even in your dorm. It's in someone else's house. Can be, can be a little scary, but um, yeah, I just wanted it to be fun, and it ended up being a really good experience. And we went into the season kind of already like like buddies, you know. Yeah. Um. That's what I wanted to happen because that's that's what happened my freshman year as well with the with the seniors that I moved in with for for a week or two.
0: Yeah, I mean, for starters, Noah's a great guy. Yeah. Um. If he's watching this. I hope you're well, Noah. Yeah, Um, shout out Noah. Shout out Noah. Um, Yeah, he's a great guy. And even for me, like, he was helpful those two weeks and the rest of the season. Um, So, obviously, like, I see you as a veteran. You're talking about going through the same thing as freshman year. Yeah. Let's give a bit of context for people that don't know. So, in high school, what what was your situation and things like that? Uh,
1: Um. I mean, high school was a story in itself, especially my senior year going into coming into Cal, actually. So senior year, I was kind of, like, firing on all cylinders, you could say, doing well in school, and, you know, in academy, was playing for Patty Doris academy team at the time for my senior year. And I felt like I was, you know, on top of the world, you know, playing well, scoring goals. You know, I felt comfortable in school, you know, just really finishing my senior year and, you know, getting ready to go to Cal. Um, And I think everything came to, like, all, it just all kind of crashed, you know, you know the last two, two months of school. Um, my, my brother passed away. Um, it was unexpected, and I was 17 at the time, and it kind of just, you know, shook my world a little bit. Actually, not a little bit, a lot. <laughs> and that kind of threw me off with school and soccer, and I just, you know, continued to really push myself in school and soccer and kind of, like, balled it all up just to kind of finish the school year and come to Cal, and then coming to Cal was just like, I can't, you know, let it affect me. I need to really just perform. You know, I'm coming in freshman year. I want to start. I want to play. I want to score. So, you know, that that, the six months right there was just kind of crazy for me. It was kind of a shock, but I kind of had to just deal with it. Um, and that kind of led me to, you know, finding people here at Cal
0: and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah. What do you say you, like... Bottled it all up and dug your feelings to the point that it affected you later.
1: Yeah, well, I think, well, multiple things happened to me, you know, within those six months. It was like my brother passed away, and I think the transition again from from high school to college can be a shock. Yeah. Um, It wasn't necessarily being away from family because I did that a lot in academy, and I've traveled with uh, El Salvador's national team, you know, with my academy team for years. But I think it was just kind of like. Being in the academic space, you know, it's very intense, but also, you know, with guys that who are a lot older than with me, older than me with a lot of experience. And then on top of that, I got injured. Um, what was it? Like my third game here at Cal. Yeah. And that again, just, you know, was another setback. I was out for another year. So all of these things kind of happening. I just kind of put the, the thing on me was like, why always me? That was a question I asked myself my first year and I really didn't know the resources I had. And I also wasn't necessarily confident in
0: kind of reaching out to other people. Yeah. So that talk, talk a bit about, um, about that. Why always me like in your head, again, just for context for people, you're at a high, your senior year, which I can relate to personally.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you were traveling with the national team for El Salvador, El Salvador. Um, and everything's going well those last two months are obviously hard for you personally yeah you come in after a I mean big family moment obviously and you get injured and it's not a like light injury it's it's hard mm-hmm. it's for a long time so yeah in that moment you come into college and your season already ended before it even starts really because it was preseason.
1: yeah
0: what did you do with that why always meet question how did you answer it um, well, I guess I can just start off with, like, why I even thought that, and
1: I think yeah. the biggest thing was, is I feel like I always work non-stop, you know, even getting to Cal. Um, and I have friends, teammates, you know, my family can really vouch for me in terms of I was working non-stop, you know, I would try to train two to three times a day, I'd go to my local high school in the morning, you know, go get some shots in, I'd come home. Uh, literally, you know lift some weights and then later in the afternoon go for a run and it was nonstop over and over again and then especially going into college I'm like I need to be physically prepared to play against guys that are a couple years older than me because you know I've only done that a couple times and I didn't know what college soccer was like because you know similar to other people like you don't really follow as much you're following like these really big leagues and that's all you're you know paying attention to so I was just nervous I'm not gonna lie the nerves got to me so I worked overtime to be prepared um, so then when I got injured, when I broke my fibula and tore a few ligaments in my ankle, I was just, uh, thinking why always me?" And I think it was just kind of, it was a summary of how I was feeling over the six months. That was a phrase that came out of it. I just felt like a lot of things were happening, me, not going my way. I wasn't happy at the time. And I was like, okay, great, like, here I am, freshman year, just kind of suffering, and then that's why the that's where the question came, why always meet? I was just throwing a pity party for myself at the time. So that was like everything you bottled up just explodes with that injury in a way? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I think after that injury, I was, there were, like, a few weeks after that injury I got injured, I was, like, pretty much kind of depressed about it. I think depressed about my leg and then on top of that my like just losing my brother and then just being stressed out with school like everyone else is I just felt defeated and that's the phrase that came out of it
0: yeah and I want to take a pause here real quick like on the personal story obviously we're living through rough times obviously I mean in the U.S. at least it's looking like we're doing good as like moving forward and being able to go out and stuff. I mean, at least in California, other States are doing their own thing. Yeah. Um, but people have been going through rough times. You can relate to it in that sense. Yeah. What would you say to someone right now that is going through that rough patch? Like that doesn't have an answer yet, or doesn't really have motivation to find that answer. What was going through your mind really?
1: Yeah. I think the advice I would give is try not to think too much of coming to the final destination because it might seem that like I have it together and I really am not at my final destination, but I think it's just kind of leaning on the people that are there for you, you know, using the resources that are around you to help you explore options and to to get to some kind of goal. You know, I don't know what everyone's end goal is, but you can set goals and in increments and kind of work towards that, whether that's spiritual, emotional, physical, or an academic. It really doesn't matter. It's just break it down to its simplest form and just try to be around a good community. And that's what I had. I had my family, I had friends, and I reached out to just other people at Cal that could just help me, you know, understand my situation and just kind of create a positive environment to, like, really grow as a person. Not even as an athlete or a student, just as a person. And I think
0: that's what I needed, you know, coming in at 18 years old. So... Yeah, that's something I really want to talk about there, the growth as a person. In a way, at least for me, soccer is my life, you know? Um, Like, there's more to my life, yes, but it means the world to me. So when you take soccer away, like the pandemic did or, or like other things do, that makes you grow in other areas. So that freshman year, what did you do to know yourself and grow, you know? Yeah. It was just a
1: really interesting point in my life because, again, similar to you, soccer was my life. That's all I did, you know, and even starting in, like, middle school all the way to high school, you really miss out on a lot of opportunities because that's all you're invested in. And, honestly, I don't regret any of that. I'm glad Mm -hmm. I did that. So, coming to Cal, not only was, like, I need to adjust to, you know, the athletic space, I need to adjust to the social space, you know. I've never you know, done a lot of things with, like, other groups of people, you know, spent a lot of time with people, like, I just had to get used to making these different kind of friendships, so during that time that I was injured, I had to look for other things that would bring me joy, and then I think that's where I really discovered some, some of my best friends, you know, started experiencing things outside of soccer, whether it was, like, going to a football game with a couple friends, like, I never really did that in high school, maybe one or twice, but it was kind of, like, rushed because of practice or something like that, so, Something as simple as just making more time for people and getting to know them was something I found joy in. And then also in that, that's when I started to pick up uh, drawing again. I used to draw a lot when I was a kid for fun, but obviously with soccer and stuff in school, you just kind of like push your hobbies to the side and you're like, this is all I'm going to do. But in my free time in my dorm, you know, I'm sitting with my leg up. I'm like, might as well just like do something. So I started drawing again. I would try poetry, wasn't that great at it, but I started to draw and I think that's where I kind of like picked it up again and started exploring different
0: options with that. Yeah. Going back to the point about using the resources and stuff for starters, I think one of of my personal realizations, uh, I mean, right now it's 2021, but in 2020 was... Um, that the first step to finding a solution is recognizing that there's a problem. Like, acknowledging that problem is always the first step, you know?
1: Exactly.
0: And I think that for many people, just the only advice I could give, like you did, is help won't come to you unless you look for it. Like, it's not going to randomly pop up. You need to want it in a way, you know? And, And I think it's cool to be learning. Like, I didn't know that about... You starting to draw then, I thought it was a lifelong thing. Mm -hmm. So you find help, you're doing well, and you start expressing yourself a bit more. I mean, you mentioned poetry, but drawing is really your thing. I remember a very similar notebook like this that you have, Uh um, and you would show me your drawings, and you had all sorts of things. Yeah what inspires you or, or what is what are, like how do those expressions help you just like release everything you know yeah well I think just to give some
1: context and like the artistic side of kind of like
0: my life um my dad was a t- tattoo artist okay you know way back when um
1: my dad's tatted up and everything so immediately I was just kind of drawn to art um and then I would see my dad sketch you know realism like that was his kind of forte and I got kind of into that at the time as a kid. Like, I was obsessed with animals. So I used to just draw animals. I had, like, tons of books, and that's all I worked on. That was That's what I did in my free time. Um, but then in high school, I kind of, you know, did it a little bit. Not really. It was just kind of, like, for fun to kind of flex. And okay. Like, oh, look, I can draw everyone. Um, but I didn't really do it as, a like, an outlet anymore. It was just kind of, like, whatever. But then in college, you know, freshman year, I think I was just kind of inspired by, like, trying to do abstract things, things that were really expressing how I felt, and it, sometimes it was dark, sometimes it was really happy, sometimes it was just realism, and I think that just has to do a lot with, like, my fascination with tattoos, I think with storytelling, with emotions, with my friends, I was just really inspired by everything around me, and that's why, like, if you look at my art, it's, like, you can see something it's completely random, it's just shapes, and then other times it's, like, a realistic picture of of an object. And I think that just kind of fluctuates with my mood. And, of course, during that time, that's how I was feeling. You know, my moods were fluctuating. Some days I felt great. Some days I felt like I was in the hole. Like, what am I doing with myself? Like, why am I not playing? Like, Like, why am I not even being able to walk? Or why am I not doing well in school? Like, I'm sitting here doing therapy. I'm sitting here studying. And I'm just not getting the results.
0: And that kind of showed through my art. That's nice it's It's nice to express yourself that way for me, it's like writing. I yeah. just write and write and write, and it helps me that way. but I mean I've seen your your drawings and they're incredible mm-hmm. and like we were saying, um I think that you're substitute for soccer in a way because in soccer we get to express ourselves, whatever yeah. our unique way may be, but from what you're saying it's you get to express yourself in a different way now, yeah. You start coming back. Now you have two different ways of expressing yourself. Yeah. Do you let go of one? Do you keep both? Do Does it complement each other? Um, I think I went back to the old habit of kind of pushing
1: art away a little bit in okay. that sense. Because I was so focused on doing well in soccer that I made it an obsession again. Um, and that wasn't necessarily healthy. You know, I wasn't in a great place within like my mind at the time I was still growing I was still learning about myself even when I was able to jog and start kicking the ball a little bit I literally all I thought about was soccer and I couldn't let go of that so art was pushed to the side and it was you know seeing the trainer coming to the field watching film playing FIFA (laughs) you know like it was every little moment was dedicated towards that and I let my mind rest I didn't get I didn't let myself enjoy the other things that I've gained in my life from that injury, so there was, like, a couple months after I was able to kind of, like, start doing more in rehab, where I was still struggling, even though I
0: was, impro- like, improving. Yeah. For for context, you got injured in August of 2018? Yeah, August 2018. And you were jogging when?
1: Uh, uh, that was probably, like, it's going to be a very rough estimate. I'm probably not right, but I would say, like... Like five, like five months or something. Five months. I could be, I could be wrong. Honestly, I don't really. So remember.
0: early twenty nineteen. Yeah, like name. early twenty nineteen. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's that's obviously a long time, and the comeback is still rough. Yeah. You got to play in a spring game, right? Uh, I was able to play in the last spring game okay. of
1: you know whatever. That was twenty nineteen. So I mean, yeah. Freshman that, year, that which was consistent. like taped up, you know, three times, like, my ankle was, like, huge, but I was, like, put me on the field,
0: like, I want to, I want to play. <laughs> yeah, and it was, yeah, I mean, 10 months later, kind of, and yeah, it's a long time, and it's a long time to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like, like you said, when you explain these things, it makes you feel like you've got everything together, Yeah, and I feel that a lot, because I either write about it in the blog, or talk about it here, and I really don't, um, yeah. and I feel like you're saying. The same thing, um I remember though the thing that made me feel that you had everything together was your phrase, Be still, yeah talk talk a bit about that and what it means, how it started, things like that, yeah, so be still,
1: um where do I start? Well, I think a lot of it has to deal with the religious aspect. I grew up in a Christian household, you know, went to church with my family on Sundays, and you know my family was was always kind of preaching, like, put God first, you know, and thank Him for, for the abilities that we have and everything that He's kind of provided for us, you know. Um, so it all kind of was sparked um, by, again, like this, the trauma I went through, and I okay. felt like it. Would, I had no control. I had no control of my life, no control of the situation. I had no control of elements that I can't control, you know. Um, so I was dealing with that at the time, and of course, I think that drew me closer to, to God. Okay. Like with my faith, it sparked a new flame in my, um, in my, uh, sorry, my relationship with God. And I don't think I've mentioned this, but, um, when I got injured and everything, I was like pissed off at yeah. God. And I've been very open about this with, you know, with my AIA group core team, even with you as well, is I got injured and I was like pissed off. I'm like, I grew up my whole life in believing in God and, you know, praying and, you know, being in a community that is kind of preach, you know, in faith Yeah. and the fact that like I got injured, I felt like God kind of stabbed me in the back and I feel like it's really messed up to say, but that's how I felt at the time, you know, cause I was so invested and I really believed. Um, so there was like during that whole time of my injury before the spring, the spring of 2019, I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to hear anything about God. I didn't want to read anything. I was just so like, I felt like I had such a real relationship with God and he let me down. Yeah. And that was the wrong way to look at it. And I was like disappointed. So then rolling into the spring, I kind of met Jonathan Newman. Yeah. And he was like, Hey, you should come to AIA. And I remember my roommate JJ told me to do it as well. And I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just go. And then I went in and I got closer with Jonathan I got closer with everyone in the kind of community. I met Brooke, like the, kind of the, one of the head people of AIA. Um, and then after that, I just felt rejuvenated. I think I needed, I needed that unexpected, like, I don't know, tug into that community again. Um, and that's when I just kind of got back into the word of God. And I talked to my mom about this as well. Um, and actually, my mom got this uh, tattoo, which is okay. "Be Still," and I don't remember exactly which uh, Bible verse it was, but mine was drawn from two. It was Mark four verses, I think thirty nine through forty one, okay. and Psalm forty six verses five through
0: eleven.
1: Okay. I could be wrong, but I think, um, but pretty much it, like the gist of it was there's going to be chaos and you just have to, you know, remain faithful, you know, believe in God and believe that he controls everything. And you just, you know, have to believe in him. And that kind of resonated with me. Of course, there's like a background story for each of those phrases. And my mom got a tattoo that said, be still. And I thought that was like really cool. And at the time I was getting ready to like get my first tattoo. And I was like, why not get be still as well? Like it has a deep meaning and, like, of course, my mom had a really big influence on my life and I just felt like, yeah, like, I really believe in this and why not my have my first tattoo be something super, super meaningful that's kind of, like, got me out of this hole. And that's why I got my first tattoo right here. It says, Be I'm Still. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, super, super small, but I was like, you know what? I want something to carry with me so that, you know, throughout my entire life, I can look at it. I remember, like, the exact, feeling that I felt my freshman year feeling beaten up kind of and then feeling rejuvenated and then I got this tattoo and um I don't remember I think it was right after I got baptized as well so it okay.
0: was just a really like I felt like I, I don't know I just had a new life Ex- explain that real quick so you grew up in a Christian household yeah but you weren't baptized yeah oh, I wasn't baptized and that was on purpose okay. um like, my
1: parents wanted me to get, ba- well, my mom wanted me to get baptized when I was a little bit younger, I think. I think she expected it from me. And I told my mom in high school as well. I think it was, like, my senior year because my, my younger sister got baptized, I think, my senior year or junior year. Okay. And I told her I don't want to do it yet. I want to hold it off. And I think my mom got a little emotional. She thought, like, she did something wrong, You know, you know, raising me or whether it was, like, her helping me grow in my faith. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with you, mom. I just don't feel like I'm ready yet in my relationship with God. Um, And that, and I think that was the right thing to do because I felt like I wasn't ready until after I went through that trauma and I went through that phase of reflecting on myself, you know, and realizing that like, I still have to have faith and like believe in him. And I know that, and know that God loves me no matter what. And I think after that, that injury and everything, it was like time for me
0: to step up and, you know, really reconnect with him again. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's cool. Obviously it really like religion, it depends on every culture and things like that. Exactly. So personally for me, you are born and you're baptized literally like yeah. a month later or something. So mm-hmm. I think it's cool to take the own decision, like the personal decision that way. Yeah. Um, it was just more for context, but I yeah. think that's cool. I mean, another thing I we've talked about it a bit already but I wanted to talk about the tattoos for starters I didn't know yeah. like you were just shown tattoos from a young age because like you mentioned your dad uh, yeah. was an artist and I I just think like personally I don't think I would get a tattoo mm-hmm. obviously it's getting recorded and maybe in many years <laughs> to come people can show me this and say ah oh, you said this but yeah um, I, I even though I personally don't think I would get one I think yours are pretty cool. Um, besides be still like the art. I remember you were telling me like, Oh look, like I'm doing these drawings yeah, and I'm like, you designed your own tattoo and I think that's special. Yeah. You know? Um, so in, in that sense, do you think the tattoos are like, how do they serve you as a reminder of your expressions or that process you were going through at the time? Like you were saying for be still and and the other one.
1: Um, I guess I could, uh, let me think. How am I gonna free this? So pretty much, um, I've always been fascinated with tattoos. to be completely honest, I don't think every tattoo I'm gonna get is gonna have a super deep meaning. Yeah. Because again, I just love art. I I am obsessed with it. I some things just really look like look really cool, and I'm like that would look sick on my skin. I'll be yeah. Completely honest. But right now, the first three tattoos I have, maybe I'll just give you a breakdown. Are super meaningful to me. So I have Bisto, I kind of gave you context to that. Then I have a single line drawing, which is my older brother who passed away. And okay. I was like, I need to carry my brother with me everywhere I go. Um, and, like, what better way to have, a, like, a reminder of him or a piece of him with me than his face. And, I, of course, I talked to you about abstract art, realism, yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, I really, at, at this time, I was just really, and I still am really into single line drawings. So i started putting something together by myself i did multiple drafts and i couldn't get it right you know this is not my area of expertise so i dm'd like mass dm'd like 10 15 different artists around the world that do single line drawings and i found this lady and she and i gave her some my sketches some picture photo references for her to work on as well and we kind of worked together and came up with this final design that i got tattooed on me i think um uh, sophomore year spring yeah. yeah sophomore year spring so it's been a while ago and then um, and then I got this third tattoo it says Sonder pretty much means like the realization that other people around you live a life just as complex as yours and I think that has a lot to do with me coming to Cal and getting to know my peers and being there for them and really listening being more engaged now that soccer was taken away from me I feel like I can become more human in a sense, you know, not just an athlete, you know, be human, connect more. Um, And I just felt like that kind of, this kind of has set me up to really get, you know, I can go in different ways with tattoos that can be super meaningful, or I can just get something that I just think is beautiful and I can put that on my skin. So I think it's a, it's a balance between, you know, art, just like something with real meaning something that is just super artistic like almost like going to museums some people have pieces where they just are expressing themselves and then other times it's just it has a really 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 deep meaning
0: and it can be kind of like both ways and i kind of see my skin as that that's amazing honestly asking that question i was not (laughs) expecting those answers i was aiming more for the like expression and artistic side i didn't know like i really like your second tattoo and i did not know that was your brother yeah. I like look at it and it's like wow that is that is pretty special. Yeah. Um so even the deeper meaning behind it I mean it's it's beautiful, you yes. know. Um, with that being said like with the, those expressions and what you're saying about being more than an athlete like just being off the field normal well not I wouldn't say normal person but just like growing as a person.
1: Yeah.
0: Going back to where you were freshman year what do you think any of this is happening without the injury like do you think the injury was a blessing in disguise in a way oh it definitely was i think if the injury didn't happen to me i'd still
1: be not that i'm saying like i'm not so obsessed with soccer but i realize that there's just more to me you know like you can train your whole life but soccer is not going to be there when you're old you know you need to have a foundation to just be happy because you've experienced it every athlete has experienced it, you know, you miss your shot, you lose a game, you get knocked out of whatever it is, like, you're going to have setbacks and you're going to feel like, like crap, yeah. you know. What can you turn to to really, like, center yourself to, you know, carry on throughout your life, to go to class and be happy, to, like, go out to dinner with your friends and still be happy? Because all, if all you focus on is your sport – You're going to be miserable, you know, because you're just you're literally depending on results for your happiness. And I think that's where a lot of us like that's where a lot of us just kind of lose ourselves. So I think it was a blessing in disguise and I needed it to happen to me now than later in life, whether I'm pro or even in like a professional sitting in another, you know, I don't know, area. Yeah. If I have a setback and that knocks me out, I'm going to be like, what, like 30 years old, mid twenties, you know, or even later in my life where I'm just really struggling. I was like, I'm glad I struggled when I was younger. Cause I feel like it forced me to mature a little bit more and I'm, I'm grateful for it. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. You know what I mean? I'm glad I struggled then. Cause I'm, I feel like I've grown so much as a person and I'm just happy with, with where I am.
0: Yeah. That's great. I mean, I was listening to to a podcast. Um, it was Brene Brown with Simon Sinek. I don't know if you know them, but they're, they're two authors that I follow a lot. And one of the one of Simon's books is The Infinite Game, and they, they were just talking about that. And it's really what you were talking about, um, where sport, uh, like soccer or anything like that, it's not infinite, you know? It's, yeah. it's finite. So yeah. you've found things that are bigger than that it's an ongoing, infinite game that never stops. And yeah. just finding that, I think, increases your purpose in life. Because if not, it's limited And when soccer ends, what's next, yeah, you know? exactly. And I think, what, what do you say, like, this injury being a blessing in disguise has helped you find your purpose in this infinite game or, or find your why throughout this process? That's
1: a, that's a loaded question. That's a good question. I wouldn't say I've necessarily found my why or my purpose yet but I am I'm looking forward to the challenge more than being afraid of it I think from okay. that, from the injury I'm willing to to put myself out there and be vulnerable to know what that is and I think that itself is fulfilling because I think coming in freshman year I was like soccer is all is all I can think about and if I don't get it I won't be happy which is a terrible way of doing things in life, you know what I mean? But I think the injury has just helped me accept that I can't control everything, and that's okay, and I think since that moment, since that injury, I have experienced things I could have never imagined myself experiencing. I've put myself out there, and I I know my freshman self would have never done that if I didn't go through something traumatic, because I, like, being comfortable in certain situations and now i'm not i like to feel uncomfortable i like doing whatever it is you know x y and z you know to one to gain experience and but like to also just like meet new people you know yeah. i like to i love for my like community to grow and like the people i'm around and i like to like pick up you know
0: life experiences from other people so i don't know it's just eye-opening for me and i would never take it back yeah with with that, uh, with what you were saying of enjoying, well, not enjoying, but being willing to be uncomfortable, to step outside your comfort zone, to yeah. deal with struggles once again. Yeah. Um. I'm going to connect this with uh, the blog I wrote at the beginning of the year for, for yeah. Fair Play. Mm-hmm. Um. So we finished last season in 2019. Uh, You scored your first goal for Cal. Yeah. It was a tough loss, but you scored, and yeah. that was good. Yeah. We come back, uh, I mean, something like 300 days later, something like that, right? Um, in, in 2021, after just a, a tiny bit of a spring season in 2020, and you score again in the first game. So things are looking good for you. You have two goals in two games. Yeah. But right after that goal, once again, you got injured. Yeah. It, it presented a new struggle, a new challenge in your season. How do you, like, what did you learn in the first time that helps you deal with situations like this again? <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that literally like I had
1: a phone call with my mom right after I saw the doctor when they told me um you're gonna be out for five to six weeks because of a high ankle sprain and that obviously like sitting out f- for a game itself sucks it's yeah you know what I mean so I call my mom and I'm like explained everything to her and I was like you know what, honestly, I was out for 10 months, I had a, like, a bone needed to heal, my ligaments needed to heal, all I'm doing right now is resting, and I'll be fine in five to six weeks, that's how I saw it, pretty much, it's like, and honestly, realistically, like, I recovered in 10 months from the injury, but it get, you need to take a year or two for it to really heal, and for you to feel comfortable in it, yeah, and I'm like, I'll take five to six weeks over, you know, a year or two, yeah, <laughs> So that was my way of looking at it. And I've kind of just had the same motto, like, motto as always. is, like, working in silence. You know what I mean? Like, do, do stuff when other people aren't watching. And I've done that since day one. And I did that when I hurt, injured myself the first time. And I've been doing it to this exact day, you know. Even with days off, it's, like, ankle recovery by myself, core, stuff. Like, literally anything to be prepared so when my moment comes... I'm healthy, you know, so I've, I mean, obviously it's a setback and I, I've been frustrated this semester. I'm not going to lie and be like, Oh, I don't really care. I cared. And I, and I had some moments where I felt emotional and I felt like, man, like I'm missing out another season. Like realistically, I've only had two semesters of soccer here at Cal and I've been here for three years. Um, but again, it's like, it's not forever, you know, you're not going to be injured forever. And I just have to enjoy the moment. So, you know, during these five weeks when you guys are traveling, I was just trying to spend time with my friends, catch up in school. You know, that's always something you can do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I kept my mind preoccupied and I try not to like beat myself up because I can't control the healing process. I can only control, you know, the the ankle exercise I can do. I can only control my mindset. So, you can
0: only focus on what you can control. Exactly, yeah. Good. And uh, well, just with, I mean, with that, I I have a few questions just to to close out this amazing talk. All right. Um, The first one is a bit interesting. If we could trade places right now, what question would you ask yourself that I didn't ask already? Oh, I've I've honestly never even thought about that.
1: (laughs) Um, I think I would... I don't know. I don't even know. The first, the, all the questions that come to my mind are like, what are you going to do when you get to, like, the end of your senior year?
0: Okay.
1: I mean, I and I don't even know the answer to it. Like, it's just kind of like real-world questions. And yeah. I feel like every junior and senior starts thinking I guess that. those questions. So I, I don't have any, I'm going to be a completely honest, I don't have any crazy questions for you. That's pretty much it. It's okay. pretty boring, but it's, it's been <laughs> on my mind recently, so.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's valid. Um, and the the next thing, what would you, like, if you could go back in time and just see yourself right now what would you tell freshman year christian knowing everything you've been through knowing everything that i've been through
1: Uh, i would just say believe in yourself i think yeah i think that's it i think you just need to be your biggest fan all the time and that, whether that's school, soccer, you know, in the work, in the workspace, like, workforce or whatever it is, like, if you don't believe in yourself, who is, you know, whether that's recovering or when you're successful, you need to, to trust in yourself and your abilities, and that comes with preparation, but obviously, like, I would just tell myself, believe in yourself, and I think with that, um, freshman year Christian would have the confidence to find help, you know, to, to work hard every day to try to recover from an injury, you know, like, all of those things have the confidence to just meet more people, stuff like that, I think, is pretty much it. Nothing crazy, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, that's good. I think that's that's how we're going to conclude this talk. Honestly, I learned, what, like, much more than I was expecting. <laughs> I really, really, really enjoyed this. Um, I would have benefited a lot listening this, like to this talk a year ago. Um, I didn't know you went through all of that, and I personally went through some things that we'll talk about off podcast and someday yeah. we'll talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely very thankful. I appreciate you and like in everything you've been for me, a friend, a teammate, a mentor for coming on to, to the show uh, for helping out soon. There, yeah. there will be a cover. Yeah. Um, and, and just for being willing to, to share your personal story. I really appreciate this. I'm sure a lot of people will benefit from this um, going through rough times and, I'm excited to see what's in store for you because like you said, like just believing in yourself. And I think the key takeaway for me is staying ready for the moment that comes like you were talking about. I'm yeah. sure it's going to come. Yeah. So thanks. whenever that does come, I'm, I'm excited to see what you'll do with it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thanks
1: for having me. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity to kind of talk to someone like you, you know, like you, you just have, you have just as amount, like the same amount of information, as I do, you know, it's always a learning experience to talk to you. And you taught me a lot my sophomore year, and you're still teaching me. So it's just good to have a friend, you know, that I can kind of lean on and, you know, have this conversation with. And it doesn't even have to be on a podcast. Exactly. You know, we have these kind of conversations all the time. So it's not a, it's
0: nothing crazy. So yeah, just thanks for having me. Thank you. And real quick, before we sign off, if anybody wants to look you up or see what you're up to how can they find you on social media
1: um follow me on instagram or twitter um and i'm sure you can probably just yeah yeah
0: i'll just show them in the video and uh i'll put the the links in the descriptions yeah for sure perfect thank you so much bro um this will go up pretty soon and yeah we'll keep you posted that's it for today thank you thank you so much for listening to today's episode make sure to subscribe to my podcast and follow me on my personal social media accounts for more all at Fer Andres. All links are in the description. If this episode inspired you in any way, please help me out by sharing it with a friend to help them leave their dent in the universe as well. That's it for today. I'll see you all next time.